This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI safety security. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from OneTrust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the OneTrust team for their support. So, Mike, if I told you that Gucci just released a new boat, what would you think? I mean, I could picture it, actually. It's high-end, all the bells and whistles. Like, it's going to have those gold accents and interlocking G pattern that they're known for. I can actually see that. Yeah, right? So, what if I told you that Facebook just released a new boat? Uh, okay. Well, it would definitely be blue. Probably steal all your data. <laughs> it would definitely steal all your data. <laughs> all right. Well, so you're probably wondering what's the point of the exercise, right? I'm, I'm curious for sure. So I stole the question from George Petchnik, the chief innovation officer at WeTransfer. WeTransfer is like international money payments, right? I actually made the same mistake. It's That's TransferWise. WeTransfer oh. is the Dropbox competitor um, that's really big with creatives and growing, he said, faster than Dropbox in Europe. Okay. All right. All right. No, I am I am familiar with that, um, or at least it's kind of ringing a bell now. So, yeah. Yeah. all right. So today, what, we're going to talk about 
branding, boats, new product lines. All of the above, except for boats. Like there's there's other podcasts for that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So you remember that drawing app paper for the iPad? Yes, that kind of rings a bell. So George was the founder of the company 53 that made paper. Paper quickly became the default iOS drawing app and was consistently praised by Apple in its marketing and its keynotes. Yeah, I've definitely downloaded that before. Yes, 53 has an incredible brand, as did paper. Paper always felt leaps ahead of where most apps were at the time on the iPad. And it had this like instantly memorable and playful brand um, that was a huge hit in the creative community. Interesting. So how did they accomplish that? Well, when you listen to George speak about 53 and paper, you can quickly see how deep the brand philosophy runs through everything that they created, uh, which is particularly why they were able to achieve such a superior product and brand. So here's George. The real promise for technology has always been, you know, an extension, enabling uh, enablement of, you know, this the, the human and uh, the purpose of human enablement in, in my mind is always creativity should always be creativity and that's something where you know once we had drawn that connection we just realized that that you know we had to found a company around this and that company became 53 it coincided the launch of 53 uh, with the sort of the the rise of the ipad it was sort of another one of those moments i mean the ipad was this truly incredible device like instant on high resolution, long battery life. And there was almost like this debate about the soul, what this device should be. Is it going to be for digital magazines? Is it going to be for gaming? Is it going to be for video, right? But for us, the answer was very clear. Like tablets are going to exist as a device for creativity. That is going to be the place for thinking. And you know, with 53, we call the company 53 is in reference to the length of the average arm's reach. That's 53 centimeters. That's the space that connects head, heart, and the blank canvas, right? It's the space where people create. And that's where we said, you know, we want to be creating uh, tools and experiences for that space. And so the first products that we then started designing were uh, paper and pencil. Uh, paper, which very quickly became sort of the, the defining product for iPad that showed how you could um, create with gestures uh, we developed the very expressive and beautiful inks that that responded more on gestures rather than, you know, your finger movement. It is a, it is a very expressive um, environment. And uh, while we were designing paper, we were also already building our hardware product. That was like sort of our, our conviction that, you know, no one really had solved the inking problem end to end. Uh, and we felt like we would have a really good chance by designing, um, you know, paper and pencil together and we then developed a pencil a digital stylus to to essentially um, bring bring inking and gestural creation into to to the world okay so paper was the app and pencil was the stylus product that they developed shortly after right imagine being a young company and not only having multiple product lines but having one being strictly digital and one physical I actually can imagine that because one of the companies I was involved with in the past was a company called Movable. Um, I was VP of product and then president at Movable, and we were in that exact same spot. We had a wow. SaaS platform, but we also had uh, these wearable fitness trackers. And yeah, two totally 
totally different skill sets to pull that kind of thing off. Were they two completely separate teams? I mean, they probably should have been, but <laughs> I think we'll save that for a whole other episode. I, I know we're okay. here to talk about weed transfer. So we're getting there, right? So let's talk about monetization first. Okay. Well, the physical product, I mean, that's obvious, but I'm guessing paper has some in-app upsells. Yeah. They were actually one of the first to pioneer the in-app purchases for a design tool, but then other tools started to hit the market and we're just giving it away for free. <sighs> Probably like Adobe. <laughs> I'm not going to say any of them, but yes, <laughs> there <laughs> were others. <laughs> so that began to grind down papers in-app purchases and they started started to rely more and more on the revenue from their physical product pencil. Okay, so where does WeTransfer factor in here? Yeah, so WeTransfer is an incredibly interesting brand. A very unique business model. A business model where WeTransfer can sell advertising, absolutely stunning, gorgeous billboard type ads on, on, on their website. Um, you know, that's used by the top luxury and creative brands in the world, like the Apples, the Gucci's, the, the LVMH's, St. Laurent. I mean, you name it, these are all advertisers on WeTransfer. And it also has a subscription business, right? So there's only really one other company that can do subscriptions and ads as, you know, I mean, there are probably others, but Google comes to mind. But the WeTransfer business is all about, um, you know, putting creatives first. Has anyone ever sent you a download via WeTransfer? I'm positive of it. I mean, we deal with, you know, speakers from Europe, sponsors from Europe, and I know I know that's happened before, especially now that now that my brain understands what we transfer is, like that's where it's definitely ran a bell. Yeah. Yeah. So when you get one, there's like the usual instructions to download the file on the left side, but three quarters of the window is this beautiful, like high quality ad. And they're not like Display banners, not banner ads, but they're like full screen takeovers. Do people get annoyed with them, though? The thing is, they're done so well, I don't think people seem to mind. Okay. Well, I'm still trying to like wrap my mind around how this is all fitting together, honestly. <laughs> sure, sure. So let's set the stage a bit. Uh, 53, they just wrapped up building their third product, Paste. Paste is a collaborative presentation builder to help teams communicate ideas with each other. And WeTransfer is all about helping to foster and share creative ideas. Okay. All right. I'm starting to get some clarity now. Yeah. So as 53 went to roll out Paste, they realized, man, we need a bigger platform for distribution. And in walks WeTransfer. More or less. Yeah. So over the years, we had we had been aware of each other, but I'd say like a really uh, critical conversation happened uh, between um, myself and we transfer CMO Damon Bradfield. So we, we we ran into each other in a conference. I started explaining, you know, what what we've been building, and where where we're headed next, and and um, he then mentioned like you know the desire of WeTransfer to really expand and broaden the, the offering and the services that it, it, it can offer to its creative audience. And, and that essentially then seeded sort of this idea is like, well, you know, you know, we have sort of this, you know, they have something we have, you know, it's one of those moments where we're like, okay, you have a huge brand, a really robust business model um, that's like independent of the large tech companies and, and a great brand. We have a great brand and uh, some products. Let's, you know, let's explore a conversation around like a, an acquisition. And then timing just worked out. Gordon, CEO, was in, in New York City. So things moved actually then really, really quickly. And, and we then decided to proceed. Things are just getting good. But let's take a quick moment for a word from our sponsors. 
Okay, so WeTransfer has brought on 53 and now is tasked with integrating their three products under the WeTransfer brand. Which, as a casual user on the outside, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But the way that George describes it was it was a merger based on values over anything else. I would say what's interesting, having worked you know, in venture integration in the past, I mean, or being part of different acquisition conversations in my tenure at, at, at Microsoft, the really interesting thing between this acquisition here is that it was actually a, a merging of brands first. And, and then you can start looking at sort of the synergies on, of course, on the business and the product side. But I'm, I'm just calling this out because I'm, I think this is something that we're going to see more and more and more in tech, that actually companies come together based on values, based on brands first, and then essentially have, have the rest follow. And that's, by the way, is quite typical in, in more established industries like fashion. Um, obviously, a lot of the acquisitions there happen on the brand fit side. Right? But I, I thought what I really liked is that this particular acquisition was actually a merge around on the brand piece and and um, you know it shaded everything from how you know contract negotiations happened and plans happened and how all of that unfolded. So what was so special about WeTransfer's brand? So they're in the same business as Dropbox, but when you visit their site, it feels like this high-end luxury brand presence on the web, not like a Silicon Valley startup. And this is because they're attracting a clientele of creatives. Yeah, so while many think functionally about WeTransfer as just another service to share my files, WeTransfer is actually setting themselves up to own a suite of tools in the designer creation space, and they have the brand voice of being an advocate for creatives and a company who's comfortable committing to the design or creation space and not trying to be everything to everyone all the time. Yeah, yeah, I think that's spot on. That But super important shift is the reason why like Bass and Alden started WeTransfer is because they wanted to make creativity more effortless, right? It is about being able to get an idea out more easily Right. There is an, an ethos in, in, in visual ethos and having tools that are super simple and that are effortless and that, that flow. Right. A lot of those things really speak, spoke to, to my team at 53, of course, because that's how we've been designing our products as well. And, and then sort of the big the unlock then happened is when you're realizing is that the act of sending a file, it isn't really about the file. It is about the idea that gets moved. And, uh, you know, and, and then you start seeing like the bigger picture here. It is how do we really best support creators ideas and how do we offer then a set of tools to move those ideas and move ideas forward. Right. And that sort of became then the, the new the new idea behind the brand and also then establishes then their product platform of offering a set of tools to move ideas. Um, that's where then paper comes in as a place where people can think through their great idea and formulate it. That's where then Collect, it's one of the, the apps that with WeTransfer had been working on, is about seeing great inspiration and being able to save it, organize and reuse your ideas. Uh, Paste is all about showing your idea and aligning your team behind it. And then, of course, our transfer product, which is about then, you know, professional file delivery, right? So you can go from thinking about your idea all the way to delivery. All right. I am with you now. This is definitely making a lot of sense. But there's the second product problem that all companies face as they try to expand. Okay. So, you know, why do your second product breaks the company? It's it's an interesting phenomenon. You actually see this quite vividly in the music industry, right? You know, um, musicians will sacrifice. That's right. Listen, this is how dramatic this is in music. Musicians will sacrifice their entire youth, the heartache, the joys, you know, the you know, the pimples, the bad dates, the, the Romeo and Juliet, everything that happens in your youth goes into the first album, 
right? And it's amazing. You have a hit album on your hands, right? I mean, it's amazing. Listen to the stories, like the angst, the joy, like the innovative, like, you know, and you have all your youth behind it. And then like, you know, what do you have for your second album, right? It's like, where, where do you go from there? You just sacrificed your entire you for this first thing. And, you know, where does the second album then start, right? Which is, which is, which is, you know, obviously terrifying for musicians. And you can, you know, and, and it's very, very, very real, right? Um, now let's think about companies and their second product. You know, it's, in many ways, it's even more complicated, right? Because it's not just you yourself in your room. There's usually a team at that time, like there's payroll, there's people around it, right? And you've done everything, you know, getting that first product out is punishingly hard, as everyone knows, right? And you've built your entire company around getting that first product out, right? And now you need to do this all over again, right? I mean, it's, and, and again, it's the same thing. And what do you have, right? It turns out you have essentially, in, in, you know, and it's, it's a really fantastic challenge when you really think about it. Like, you know, whereas a musician, right, it's actually a relatively small team. Um, you know, with companies, you have lots of people, employees, customers, a lot of expectations, right? And all of a sudden you got to do this all over, right? So it actually becomes even harder as that first product launch. And I've seen this, this is super interesting. You can see it very clearly if it's sort of your second product. Um, and, you know, for startups, you know, that becomes actually, or, or growing companies, that's super important. But it turns out even at larger scale companies, um, the moment you're trying to do sort of that next thing or step out of your comfort zone, right? That is where all of these, 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 these fears kick in. And, and they come in different, um, you know, they come in different shapes and sizes, right? So, um, you know, because it impacts your distribution, it impacts brand, it impacts like organizational models, how, how you organize your team, and it also impacts then, um, you know, the, the, again, the psychology of the team itself, and particularly the founding team. The second album problem is too real. Yeah, and in the product world, this is where you start stressing out your product teams, your marketing and sales team are stretched thin, and man, you don't know if you're going to see the same success as the first time around, which is really like the core of your company. So George had an interesting example. It's sort of like, you know, if you're running a, you know, if you're running a cheese store and you all of a sudden want to sell meat, like, you know, you need different refrigeration systems, all types of different processes, right? But, you know, if, if you're running a dairy store and you want to like sell fruit, you know, you can start thinking about selling like milkshakes, for example, right? But again, that requires actually a reframing and rethinking a really much better understanding of who is your customer and what else do they want. Okay, we're going to explore this a bit more, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, so we're back talking about how either through mergers or new product development, brands face the challenge of launching new adjacent product lines to their core. And part of this brand development is knowing the why around why you exist. So what does that mean? Like what problem you solve or, or what good you do in the world? Yeah, could be either. Um, here's actually how George described it. Why does 53 exist and why does WeTransfer exist? And the answer was pretty clear is we exist because we want to get behind people's ideas, right? And that's then that allowed us then to think about elevating then the brand uh, you know, in this case, like sort of spatially elevating it more towards this notion of like, you know what, WeTransfer exists to support a set of tools to move your ideas. WeTransfer exists to support a set of tools to move your ideas forward. 
this expansion of the brand made room for a bigger mission for the company, which also means like a bigger market size. And it allows them to do this in a way that still feels authentic and then, you know, true to their core. I guess it's much better than we transfer exists to make a profit and maximize shareholder value and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. And while that is all true, right, no one's rallying around that mission. No. Didn't Facebook, though, didn't they like have an app called Paper at one time? It feels like that would be a pretty big brand challenge. Yeah, they did. George actually got on a phone call with with Mark Zuckerberg to talk about it. I mean, I, I haven't shared this story, but I, I, I did write up some some brand advice for Mark Zuckerberg at that time. And and it was one of those those moments where you know I you know I mean I ended up having like a phone call with him as well about this 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 matter right because like as a CEO at that time I was quite concerned about like you know the potential of reverse brand confusion and you know we had to like this is actually a, this is a real risk like if someone like Facebook shows up and just decides to like put lots and lots of people onto this this new app paper you know obviously that. That, that that could cause some issues down the line. So you had to really make sort that out. In this case, like, you know, the process, you know, um, what I outlined is saying is like, look, you know, if, if you really need to think about your brand architecture, uh, you have Facebook as a parent brand in this case, and then, you know, as a utility, what they were trying to be at that time, a utility, you need to assert that utility in all of uh, your your verticals. You have a verticals like messages, like photos, like groups, like markets, like pages. And as a result, you need to call your app papers, plural, right? Not paper, papers. This is as in newspapers, right? Because this is what the spirit of this product is, right? And, you know, I mean, you know, he... Yeah, I guess he was kind enough to, to to give me a call and tell me why he's not going to do all of this. You know, I told him he, he like he's making a big mistake, and it is actually funny because you see this play out all the way into now, right? Where they haven't come to grips of what role they want to play within society, and they've bought a bunch of applications, right, in, in the hopes of um, growth. And you know they and they did a phenomenal job buying stuff like an Instagram and a WhatsApp and all of this, but it never bubbled back into a cohesive architecture, right? And and as a result, as a consumer, you kind of feel like okay, this thing just sprawled and grew, but but why? Like you know, and, and that's sort of the piece. Like you know, if if there were like go go back to the utility thinking, then okay, then be a really awesome social utility. But I don't think people feel that way today about it, right? And then you lose the, that's, that is a, that's right, it's a data architecture for advertising and ultimately, right? And that is, that is where, you know, the social utility piece, no, it's an advertising utility, right? And that's sort of like where, where you lose sight of what sort of the goodness of the core was and, 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 and how it's then expressed uh, in, in those various verticals. Okay. Let's get back to WeTransfer. I'm curious as to how this conversation evolved internally or if there are any frameworks that listeners could use to run this exercise themselves. Yeah, well. There's a really great framework for this, right? Which is like you can draw like, you know, butterfly Venn diagram. And, and this is like something I lifted from 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 Wolf Olin's. It's just a brand consultancy, right? And it is really finding what is that core idea at the intersection of what does the world need and what is unique about you? 
right? And there is at that intersection is actually is a core idea. And and the important thing to realize when you think about what's unique about you or what the world needs, like there are two facets to it. There are very functional, um, functional needs or functional skills, and but they're also emotional skills like there's like the the spirit of time right now like there are obviously emotional needs and functional needs right and and typically on the you know on the technology side we're usually very very good at articulating the functional needs and we struggle a little bit with the emotional pieces right so so that's just one thing to watch out for the second thing is like what ultimately you're going to have is a values conversation Right? And that's something that you know theologians are really great at doing, but typically when you go through engineering or business school, like you're just not, <laughs> we're not really equipped to talk about values all that well, right? It's just it's just not part of the training, right? So, but but yes, you do need to actually really have a values discussion, right? And 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 um, you know, and about which values really are the important ones for you, and the. Uh, and, and here's one thing: having worked with you know engineers and scientists, and um, uh, well, I think that in particular in software, like there's sort of in this desire that you want to have a solution that is most widely used and most readily accessible. Like we want to be able to scale and and find that perfect algorithm that that solves as many problems as possible. But it turns out, you know, with is with values, you actually don't want to be as generic. You want to be super specific. And and you want to be able to take a stance. Like it's like technology is not neutral. Your brand can't be neutral. Um, you need to pick sides, and you need to be okay with picking sides, right? And that's sort of one of these really important things to determine in that process. So really understanding what 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 your values what your values are, and the third thing is you got to bring your team along, right? So. In inherently, this will work quite well if you're a small founding team, right? It's just a few people, you know each other quite well, right? But that's just chapter one of a really exciting book, right? There's going to be chapter two, right, that you got to bring and do then with your team. Um, so and there's some great exercises you can do about that. And it's like one of those is just, you know, have the value discussion with the team and say, is like, listen, what, what values are really important to you? Um, you know, why, why are you here? And like or and 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 just have that that open discussion and the other thing that really helps is is you know have have great bring in bring in great designers and, and bring in brand strategists i actually think bringing in a brand strategist is 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 quite useful and even once you have this established i'm sure there's a lot of ongoing work to keep things moving forward constant work right talking to the team getting everyone on board continually asking about each feature or initiative you take on how does it fit into this brand narrative and for product owners product managers founders to teams go check out paste by we transfer it's their latest app designed by george's team it's a beautiful app and definitely well worth giving a spin all right i think this is where we'll break so see you next week yeah same time same place Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It's your support that keeps the show going. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. If you want to learn more about the other shows on the Podglomerate Network, go to thepodglomerate.com. 
Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. If you go to productcollective.com, you could check out live video interviews, sign up for our newsletter, be a part of our Slack group with over 6,000 product people. Just check it out at productcollective.com.